You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Bills beat the Patriots 35-23 to in Orchard Park today in an emotional victory to clinch the number two seed and face the Dolphins next week in Orchard Park. Hello everyone, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host Nate and this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. If you are in the western New York or central New York area, do yourself a favor, check out the Delago Resort and Casino. You will not regret it. Uh, we are going to discuss the Bills' victory over the Patriots. Um, we're going to go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game, and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers. And uh, and I think that we're going to take some time to really look forward to the playoffs and the postseason. Um, I wrote a tweet up on, on Twitter. I'm going to share some of the responses with you all uh, and, and go from there. But first, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. And fellas, going into this game, um, very emotional week for the Buffalo Bills. Um, as most of you know, we did not record this past week after the Bills-Bengals game, or at least the start of the game, when the DeMar Hamlin injury and uh, just just a tragic uh, situation occurred. We just didn't feel like it was the right time to discuss our thoughts on it. it so much was up in the air at that moment in time. And uh, luckily, you know, thankfully, we're in a much better place as a fan base, as human beings, um, as fans of the NFL. Uh, it's just we're we're in a good place now to talk Buffalo Bills. So appreciate you guys uh, hanging in with us for this past week. Um, we can give some of our thoughts on the DeMar Hamlin thing as time goes by. But I mean, I'll, I'll start right there in a, in a small way, at least, is that this win felt like, I mean, from the very first moment that the Bills... Um, got that kickoff return for a touchdown. It felt like um, the stadium, like the fan base, like the players uh, were emotionally charged by all the good news that we'd been hearing about um, DeMar, DeMar Hamlin's recovery um, to this point. He's still in critical condition, but uh, a lot of unity there. And uh, I don't know, it was just, I mean, there, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but 
I think it was a great game to go into the playoffs with. They didn't absolutely demolish the Patriots, but I think the Patriots uh, have a pretty good defense, a pretty good team altogether. Um, not great, but pretty good. Uh, so uh, I thought they did a pretty good job. There were definitely some things that we can, we think they can improve on, and we're going to talk about it in this podcast. But I don't walk away from this game going into the playoffs feeling very uh, or pessimistic about the Bills' uh, opportunity or outlook on that. Um, so overall... Happy on the on the outcome of the game, obviously. Um, I think the Bills kind of played with the Patriots up until halfway through the third quarter, and then they finally came alive and they let uh, they distanced themselves from the Patriots um, and Belichick and Mac Jones. But yeah, so um, John, I'll start with you. Um, feelings on the game today? Obviously, emotional win for the Buffalo Bills, and uh, and how you're feeling just you know overall about the Buffalo Bills heading into the the postseason? You know, from a very general overview perspective yeah i mean um the, the last few days like hearing all the great news coming um you know out of the hospital demar hamlin has been great um and then of course leading up to the game uh just like watching everything the the, the players the pregame and everything it, it, it was very emotional it was, it was um you know you kind of think about going into the game as kickoff is approaching and thinking like how is this game going to go in your head and going through all the different scenarios, and the one scenario I didn't think about at all was, oh, they're just going to return the opening kickoff for a touchdown, which was really cool to see. It was, it was really awesome. Did you hear the stat about that in the press conference after the game, the kickoff? Yeah, the, How- yeah, the three years and three months since it had last happened or something like that. So, yeah, three years, three months, Demar Hamlin's number, very cool. Uh, Josh Allen, when talking about that at his press conference, got pretty choked up. Uh, Mike... I'll go to you next. Uh, thoughts on the game? Emotional win, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, how how did this game, this win, the overall uh, situation itself feel for you uh, in this victory? As you guys have said, great news all around. It's nice to see everybody across the NFL and the wider community come together. Um, so continue to just to... Uh, I mean, we're all just thinking of uh, Damar Hamlin and hoping to, I mean, by all accounts, he's texting everybody, FaceTiming people. So it's it's just uh, good news after good news, but it's great to see everybody come together. Uh, the opening kickoff, yeah, it's, uh, it's almost borderline a spiritual experience. Like you got goosebumps and uh, just... Uh, it was almost like felt, a Hollywood movie sort of scenario, right? Yeah, yeah. Felt uh, glad to witness it, I guess. Uh, it's great. Like... It's. It just seems like a lot has happened to the Bills specifically, right? You mean this year or just in general? Yeah, this year. Yeah, they've overcome a lot of adversity just in general. You know, there. When we're talking about what happened to Mar Hamlin, there. In a grand scale, I feel like there are certain events in life that make you realize. I mean, we talk Bills every week with you guys, and in general, I'm sure you guys all talk about it with your friends or family or whatever other people you know online or Twitter. Uh, and it's like, there's certain events in life that make you realize, uh, how not unimportant football is, but like in the grand scheme of things, it's just a game. And like, there are things in your life, like if you lose a loved one, right? Like, or like, you know, if you get dumped by a significant other or like, you know, if, if, 
if something terrible happens to you and you're just like, who cares, right? Like, it's just a game. I feel like DeMar Hamlin's injury was like that to us. It's just like it put things in perspective because none of us cared so much about the outcome of that Bills-Bengals game as much as like, is this young guy going to make it, right? Um, And so, like, I just feel just talking with you guys, like, yes, I cared about the game. I wanted the Bills to win. I was, you know, yelling at the TV or whatever. But, like, in the back of my head, I'm watching the game and I'm thinking, you know, this doesn't, like, we kind of won already. Like, does that sound weird to say? Because with the good news coming from DeMar Hamlin's camp, like, if things didn't go this way, like, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I would have been able to watch the game. And things have been so positive lately that, like, I feel like we had won before the game even started. Like, the fact that, you know, um, everything was trending in a positive direction, that, like, this was just, the Bills winning today was just icing on a cake uh, the best cake ever, and it was just like the final touch of it. You know what I mean? The fi- the finishing, smallest, like, little decoration on the grandest cake, and the grandest cake was that DeMar Hamlin's doing well, and everything sounds like he's going to be okay because of the tremendous work that the trainers and the staff and the medical uh, personnel for the Bills um, and the Bengals took that night in Cincinnati that um, they saved his life, and you know, how fortunate uh, we were that they were all there and ready for it and uh, were properly trained and, you know, took care of that. So scary situation for sure. But um just happy that, you know, I'm talking with you guys and we're all talking as a fan base about something so positive. So, so I guess I, I don't know if I'll get into DeMar more than that, but um it meant a lot to, to all the fan base and people in the world and <laughs> the NFL fans and just, you know, human beings in general. It's just like that. Everyone was where, I mean, CNN, Fox News, like those, those places were talking Buffalo Bills, right? Like what, when does that ever happen? Um, so yeah. let me, like you started to allude to it, but I'm curious, <laughs> are your confidence going into next week? It's like, that was an amazing game, but now I'm like psyched for next game <laughs> i'm just curious wait did i jump the gun did i jump ahead yes like, yes you jumped you you went you went ahead six bullet points in the the template oh, <laughs> the right. show template you took, no, before we started you were like <laughs> i was like on your mind just say <laughs> no no i was like should we talk about this specific thing and we're like nah let's wait till oh, later yeah now they call memory i kind of remember that <laughs> <laughs> it's cool no, i think no, i was right. surfing the internet when you were doing that. <laughs> you were you were zoning me out per use um <laughs> So, uh, all right, go back. Talk about this game. <laughs> let's talk about this game. Um, I'm going to do. Let's, in general, in the past, man. Let's talk about um, <laughs> past couple hours ago. Let's talk about uh, the game as far as Josh Allen's performance, uh, because I thought it left a little bit to be desired. But I want to delve into that a little bit more. He was 19 for 31, 254 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, he did have nine rushes for only 16 yards. So not a great rushing effort by uh, Josh Allen, but uh, fire emoji rating for Josh Allen out of five. John, with with what you saw today from Josh, how many out of five would you give him? Um, I don't know, three and a half, four even, right? Like, I mean, he had some awesome touchdown passes. He had three touchdowns. He had the one, the one interception. I think he was getting hit as he threw it. Uh, I don't know, like, his offensive line doesn't do him a whole lot of favors. Receivers are still dropping balls, not getting separation. Like, he does a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning. Mike, I was leaning three and a half uh, for today's effort. wasn't wasn't amazing, but like you, like John said, the offensive line didn't do him any favors. I mean, how many times were we watching Josh Allen get like a free rusher right in his face or pressure up the gut, and the Bills had no answer for it um, again this season? Um, what what were you think? What were your thoughts? And, I would then, say five. He carries the team every week, and he did it this week too. And there was a, one play that sticks out. You guys can tell me one. Like, it just evaded like five defensive linemen in the backfield, and it took somebody grabbing his face mask that wasn't called to drag him down. Like, week in and week out, it just carries the team, man. And even you saw today, like, even the emotional aspect. Like, what other quarterback would you rather have? Like, statistically, didn't jump off the page, obviously, with the rushes, with the rushing yards. But, man, like, as you as you said, people don't do him fate like Gabe Davis. Like, oh my gosh, ah, <laughs> uh, what is wrong uh, with Gabe Davis? <laughs> Drop that touchdown um, in the end zone. So, without him, this would be a very pedestrian team. I feel sometimes. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna change mine to five. <laughs> I'm changing mine to five and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're right, Mike. You're right, like, Mike. To put to put it in right, like. Uh, just man, just really lucky to have Josh Allen. I mean, think just think about this from this perspective because we had someone on our Twitter Space uh, podcast, our post game call in show. If you guys haven't checked that out, please do. But somebody, um, which I think some people in the fan base were feeling this way, was like, I don't know if Josh is the real deal. Like, you know, the offense is stuttering. You know, it's just there's been issues on offense in general. And I thought about that. I was like, yeah, you know, it wasn't a perfect game for it. But then part of me thinks, you know, it's 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 a bias compared to how we started the season and he was unbelievably red hot and he's not playing that way right now, but it doesn't mean that he's not playing well. At the same time, like how many t- how many games have we watched this entire season? You, you said like, you, you know, to your point, Mike, Josh Allen puts the team on his back every week. How many games have we watched where you've looked at the other side of the field and you're like, I kind of wish he was playing on our team instead. Like, like maybe Patrick Mahomes is the closest one, right? Like, who else have you seen this season or even in another game where you're just like, that guy's playing unbelievable. Like he would be good to have a, not even over Josh Allen, but even on our team in general. Like I haven't seen one Patrick Mahomes is the closest. And I, he's not perfect, but he had a good game, but no one stands out. So you have to put that all in perspective. Did he get the perfect game? No, but who else would you rather have on your team? Who else is lighting it up consistently week after week, you know, 50 plus touchdowns in a season, like nobody, not, I mean, Josh isn't doing that, but like other people aren't doing that either. So let's keep it in perspective, right? All right. So since I started, let's go into stats of the game. Uh, stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. I mentioned Josh Allen's stats. James Cook, Captain Cook, uh, nine carries for 45 yards. Mike and John's boy right there, five yards per carry, leading rusher, uh, best yards per attempt. Devin Singletary, uh, seven rushes for 29 yards, a little bit over four yards per attempt. Um, we had the leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Stefan Diggs, seven receptions on 10 targets for 104 yards and one touchdown. He had that 49 yard touchdown in the game as well. Um, John Brown smoke coming back to the team. One target, one reception, 42 yards, one touchdown. That was a great play. Um, Gabriel Davis, three receptions on 10 targets. For 39 yards. We had Khalil Shakir. 
uh, one reception on two targets for 28 yards. The one almost was a touchdown, too, by the way. That other target was almost a touchdown if, uh, who was it, McCourty or someone else didn't bat it away at the last second in the end zone. I'm fully convinced that Khalil Shakir would have absolutely caught that. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, two receptions on three targets for 19 yards. And then we have Dawson Knox, two receptions on two targets for 13 yards and one touchdown. On the Patriots side of the ball, Mac Jones, 26 for 40, 243 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. The interceptions were by Matt Milano, Trey White, and Tremaine Edmonds. Ramondre Stevenson, six attempts for 54 yards rushing. Uh, Damian Harris, 13 attempts for 48 yards rushing. It looks like they should have been given Ramondre Stevenson the ball more. He's getting almost, what was he? He was getting nine yards per, uh, almost nine yards per carry and Damian Harris was getting what three and a half so geez leading receiver for the uh the Patriots Devontae Parker six receptions on seven targets for 79 yards and two touchdowns I feel like whenever Devontae Parker plays the Bills either he's a Dolphin or a Patriots player I feel like he always burns the Bills every every time he just can't be covered for some reason Kendrick Bourne, four receptions for five targets on 45 yards, and then uh, a bunch of other guys. So those were stats of the game, and we are going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game, uh, who or what we're going to put on our wall of fame or wall of shame in today's victory, and uh, some thoughts on the playoff outlook and the postseason outlook for the Buffalo Bills. So stick around. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our victory recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm with my co-hosts, John and Mike. And let's go into our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game. Sweet Sassy Molassie. Get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown. John, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, What play makes your Sweet Sassy Molassie play of the game? There's some... uh... Nice big play touchdowns in this game, but it has to be that opening kickoff return with just all that emotion leading up to that point and that happening right away like that. I, I got to give it to uh, that, that first kickoff return. Nain Hines, worth every uh, every draft pick we gave away to the Colts for, for that pick so far, so far, which I think was only like a six-round pick or something next year. Anyway, uh, Mike, your sweet sassy molassy play the game, same one. Yeah, I agree with John, given the situation. Um, I wonder if it would – I was going to say, like, would it be the most memorable Bills play in history, potentially? Um, 
that's positive. I think Music City Miracle always, of course, is negative. I would say uh, Don Beebe chasing down Leon Lett always sticks out, but kind of negative. <laughs> it was just but like yeah, sheer yeah. sheer determination, right? Like that's what it means to be a Bill. Like you never give up. Blah, blah, blah. But if you if you include the context of Hamlin, like it might be the most years from now the most memorable play. I mean, I'm trying to think of a more memorable play off the top of my head. The only thing I can think of is like the Kyle Williams, like taking the ball and running it into the end zone in the last game of the of the season against the Dolphins to hopefully get into the playoffs if the Bengals could somehow win that game, if they needed help. Guys, do you remember the time where we all needed help to win, <laughs> to to make it into the playoffs? We didn't get it in. We didn't get in like three weeks before the end of the season. <laughs> like that's that's crazy in itself. But you're right, Mike. I, I'm really trying to think of a more positive play specifically that just comes off the top of my head that's actually a more memorable play that's actually positive for the Buffalo Bills. And I think that that's... There's a lot of negative plays. (laughs) Too many. Too many negative plays. Music City Miracle. I remember the Ronnie Harmon drop in, like, was 1989 against the Browns. They were about to win. They were driving to win it. It It's like fourth down down or something, or third down. And it went right off his fingertips in the end zone. I'm like, oh, (laughs) that was to win it all. And then Jim Kelly threw an interception right after. So right in the end zone. So I remember that one. That was my first memory as as a Bills fan. That's always good. Um... Yeah, none. Like you said, the the Don Beebe play, I mean, it was, I, I thought it was funny how you just said, yeah, to be a Buffalo Bill, to never give up, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> all that other BS that no one believes. <laughs> so it was, but it's it was just to stop the Cowboys from completely demolishing the Buffalo Bills <laughs> in like the biggest Super Bowl Going upset. Going up by six NFL. touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> the Bills had like six turnovers that game or something like that. Seven turnovers. Oh my gosh. Uh yeah. Yeah. This might be to put it in perspective, Mike, I think you nailed it on the head. Uh I can't think I can't think of one. And do you think this will be one that you remember? I mean, you'll remember where you were Monday night because of the severity of the situation, but will you remember the opening kickoff? more than almost any other play in the last... I mean, I can't think of... I can't even think of, like, any play from the Bills-Bears game, to be quite honest. That was only two weeks ago. I remember nothing from that game. <laughs> you know, we did a full recap on it. Nothing. Don't remember anything from that game specifically. So, yeah. Sure. I like that one. That was going to be my Sweet Sassy Molassie play of the game as well. Um, for all the reasons that you guys mentioned. Um <clears throat> John, John mentioned that there were some really good touchdown catches. The Knox four-yard touchdown pass or catch was uh, was really good to go up fourteen to seven. Um, the John Brown forty-two-yard touchdown pass, where you know Josh Allen is scrambling out of the pocket, evading pressure, rolls to his right, and he like gives him the go deep, you know, hand signal, and he just tosses one up. John Brown dives with like it's like he just in John Brown like fashion. He always had good hands, and he just like. Just scooped it in. It was a great touchdown. Put them up 28-17. to 17. Um, And then, obviously, the Diggs 49-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter. They put them up 35-23. to 23. I mean, all those touchdown passes were great. And I think either of those, or all of those, could have made the Sweet Sassy Molassie play of the game. But just uh, the importance of that play and the emotions uh, uh, we were all feeling going into that, into the kickoff. Uh, especially, we, we don't see a whole lot of kickoff returns for touchdowns, so... 
it felt good. Kickoff returns, punt returns, we don't see a whole lot of those for touchdowns. So um, it was good to see the special teams, you know, actually step up for once, uh, as opposed to certain times where they they've they've definitely made some uh, some uh, mistakes. So um, any Gettysburg plays of the game. Four score and seven years ago. Any changes? John, what about you? Do you have any Gettysburg's, Gettysburg play of the games? Yeah, the second kick return for a touchdown. <laughs> They're down 17-14. Um, he had the, the second return and never looked back. You know, Bills win. <laughs> I love that one. I love that one. The first one was 96 yards. The second one was 101 yards. Yeah, that pretty much changed the trajectory of the game, right? Because going into the second or going into halftime, the Bills were up 14-14. Then Josh Allen throws that interception, you know, right near the end zone, right before the end of the half, right when they were in field goal range. So that changed momentum. And then and then Trey White had the interception in the, in the beginning of the second half. And then Singletary fumbles it right after that. <laughs> the Patriots get the, the go with the field goal and the go-ahead, uh, the go-ahead field goal. They were up 17-14. And you're like, ah, please no. And then Hines had the kickoff return for a touchdown. You're right. I love that one. I love that. That is a sweet, sassy molester to play the game. I won't even ask Mike because that's what it is. Um, John put it perfectly. Uh, let's go into uh, our Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame segment for the podcast. Let's start with the Wall of Fame. Wall of Fame. Uh, Mike, who do you put on your Wall of Fame in... Uh, this week 18 victory. I would say Brandon Bean. It's not even close. Bringing back both Hines and John Brown. Game's completely different without those two guys. That's a, an excellent point, Mike. I like that one a lot. Um, I hadn't thought about that, <laughs> for being quite honest. Uh, I wanted to... that When you mentioned Brandon Bean, it made me think of something. I saw Ian Rappaport tweet today. He said to Mark... And... and, and, and uh, Having a backup in Marlowe, right? And like, how does it's like he has a crystal ball? You mean just in case something happened to Mar Hamlin or Jordan Poyer, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Jeez, Brandon Bean for the win. So, uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted today: Demar Hamlin was set to earn eight hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in twenty twenty-two. His split rate, if he's on injured reserve, is four hundred fifty-five thousand dollars. So it's almost half of what he was placed on IR this week. That's a difference of $20,555. Buffalo worked it out. So he'll receive the whole thing, even though he's not on the active roster. So, um, Brandon Bean doing the right thing. Um, as far as, you know, it's the small things, man. Like you mentioned Brandon Bean, like bringing these players. I love that. And I think he's really good at that. Um, the little things though, like this, like making sure he gets his guaranteed money um, as opposed to, you know, things that he wouldn't have made. It's just, uh, I don't know, it matters to me. And I'm sure it matters to a lot of Bills fans. I'm surprised that slips by Cynical Nate so easily. That's the best PR you could possibly buy. Like how cheap is that for <laughs> an owner of an NFL team? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> just a $20,000 to make. have to make that move. $20,000 to make all of Bills Mafia go, aww. Great. Yeah. That's like you finding a nickel in your couch cushion. Dude, he would have been so imagine if they found out that he didn't do that. 
Oh, Brandon Bean with the option to give uh, Demar Hamlin an extra twenty thousand. Is it? I think that's a pagula because it's not counting against the salary cap, right? Isn't that just something they're going to say, like, "Hey, we're we're going to make him whole." Yeah, true, true. It, it, I don't think it does affect the salary. It's cap. not like Brandon Bean, like, oh, he's like, I'll give him my paycheck to. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's the Pagulas. I bet he didn't ask the Pagulas though. He's just like, we're gonna do this, huh? <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, John, who do you put? Mike puts Brandon Bean on his wall of fame. Uh, John, who do you put on your wall of fame? Um, I had the obvious uh, Hines. I love even. I mean, even with the the two the two touchdown returns, like the. Afterwards, the Patriots are trying to like squib it to the side, and it ends up going out of balance, and we get it at the forty. Like he uh, <laughs> greatly affected the game. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really enjoying that pickup by Brandon Bean. I like, I had Naheem Himes as, uh, as I had him only as my Wall of Famer. Um, you know, two kickoff returns. Uh, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> it just doesn't happen that often. Uh, I also had an honorable mention for Taron Johnson. I thought he had a great game on defense. Greg Rousseau. Um, Seem to be getting some pressure. Uh, I had him as an honorable mention, but yeah, I think Naeem Himes. But I like I like the Brandon Bean one too, Mike, for all the all the reasons you mentioned. Um, I just thought like it's funny because Naeem Himes had like the sweet sassy molassy play of the game. He made the Wall of Fame. Um, just just a great now now John, I'll throw it back to you. Who do you have on your wall of shame in in this win? Shame, shame, shame. Gabriel Davis, all the drops and like I don't know, like and even like like the the one where he caught it out of bounds, like it didn't look like there was any attempt to stay in bounds on that whatsoever. He wouldn't have been in bounds if he had another yard. <laughs> <laughs> he was closer like, to the stands than he was the out of bounds. <laughs> I think he was powder. trying to get more more out of bounds when he caught it than <laughs> than not. I don't know. It's. I think. I think. I mean, for me, I think it's been a disappointing season for. Like we, we were. I think I don't know if we were expecting too much going into the year, uh, based on some other games that he's had. But um, could you, know, you I mean, are him McKenzie too this year, right? Like, well, we already knew that McKenzie, you know, with the drops and stuff. But like, like, they're, like they're both they're both decent players. I'm not like I don't want to, but there's times where it can be very frustrating, right? Oh. A hundred percent. And so, so you just brought up something interesting, John. I don't know if it's because Gabriel Davis is at the top of my wall of shame too. We mentioned, uh, 10 targets, only three receptions. Now, mind you, a couple of those were thrown behind him, it seemed by Josh. We never got a replay from CBS, so it was hard to tell, but I think they were thrown behind him. Uh, I think Gabriel Davis coming into this season had really high expectations and maybe they were somewhat unfair, John, to your point, because of how good that last game that we saw him in was. But I, I mean, if you look at the first few games of the season, I mean, he was lighting it up. I mean, he had over a hundred yards. I want to say like, you know, two or the first four games or something like that. He had a touchdown in each of the first four games, something of that effect. I don't have the stats off the top of my head and I'm not going to research it right now, but he looked really good to the point where I remember we were talking after the Steelers game. I'm like, how do you not resign this guy to a long-term extension? Do what you can. He could be a top 20, top 15 receiver in this league. And like, I was fooled by that. And I think now, now, let me know what you think about this, because I think it brings up a whole new level of discussion, is 
Is the disappointment in the Bills' offense somewhat linked to Gabriel Davis? Because the Bills were playing on fire the first few games of the season, maybe the first five or six games or so, and they've taken a big step back. So has Gabriel Davis as a wide receiver, if you really look at it from that standpoint. Now, he was injured, he was dealing with injuries, but now it seems like it's more than just the injury anymore, which hopefully he's over by now. You know, that happened in like week three or four. So, um, you know, if Gabriel Davis had taken this next step um, where he was at the very first few games of the season, would we be talking about this offense in a different light than what we're talking about it? Like now is like, um, it's not 100% there. You know, it's it's okay. It's pretty good. It's really good, but it's not amazing. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, a perfect game against the Patriots in the wildcard game last season, right? It's not that level, but, you know, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, like one other, I mean, we talk about positions of need, like in future drafts and things all the time, and wide receivers got to be up there, right? Oh, absolutely. I didn't think so before this season. I'm like, oh, no, you know, neither. <laughs> they're kind of, they're kind of, you know, thin at the, you know, wide receivers and the boundary wide receivers after Diggs and Davis they don't have a whole lot. And now it's like, well, they don't even have Davis really. <laughs> like, you know, I mentioned something about Gabriel Davis on Twitter, and I was just getting tons of replies and responses about he's trash, he's garbage. Like, I don't think that. I just don't think he's as good as we thought he was at this point, at least. Like, I am i don't know if you mentioned this, John, maybe before we started recording, but we're missing Isaiah Hodgins right now. Like, I was, I was upset that we had to put him back on the practice squad and he got, you know, picked up by the Giants, which we always thought might be an issue, but, or might actually end up happening uh, and it did, and he doesn't look terrible with the Giants. I'll say that, um, and he's only going to get you know potentially better. But uh, uh, yeah, if, if, after after losing Isaiah Hodgins, after what we've seen for Gabriel Davis, how can you not think within the first few rounds that the Bills have to draft a wide receiver at some point, and hopefully a boundary wide receiver? You know, and that doesn't even mention the Isaiah McKenzie stuff. So we got Cook, we got Hines, man. Maybe they're just they've been on ice for the playoffs, right? There's a whole nother playoff uh, playbook. <laughs> and Shakir. We got Shakir. I like and they Shakir. just haven't shown. Like, we trust the process. McDermott knows what he's doing. That's why he Keep have... your ace hidden till the final flip. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> right, John? <laughs> till the river? Well, I think I think, I think the cat's out of the bag. Josh Allen is the ace. The Josh Allen. Well, they're 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 not using they're not getting like Heinz Cook like they're incredible mismatches against a linebacker right like you just we haven't seen them at all um, design plays to get them the ball so maybe it's if, a uh, offensive coordinator full play it's what it's what <laughs> oh, maybe it's Dorsey right because I would like to see more of Cook out of the backfield catching passes for sure and I, I mean obviously Heinz can do that as well oh yeah. They're slow playing the hell out of it. They're going to slow play it till next season. <laughs> like, <laughs> even Singletary. Singletary is good at that. They're yeah. all good yeah. at it. <laughs> no, he's he's good. He's just not as good at yards after catch like the other two are. He's not as fast. Uh, yeah, he's not as fast. He's reliable yeah, for the most. Good at catching. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. All right. That's somewhat fair. But yeah, how often do you see like you know Josh Allen line up in shotgun and then all of a sudden he tells the running back to you know move out over to the slot right and then you see who has to cover him. Is a linebacker covering him? Then it's like, well, all day long, James Cook is always uh, a matchup nightmare compared to whatever linebackers on the field, right? <laughs> like, I think they're slow playing it. 
God, I hope you're right, Mike. They haven't done any trick plays. When was the last time you saw a trick play? Brian Dable used to pull like one one out once a week. Are they slow playing trick plays? Like, let's see one of those. I would love to see one. Have John Brown throw the ball to Josh Allen in the end zone again. Let's see one of those. I'll take I'll take anything at this point. Um, yeah, they're slow playing it. They're super conservative, except when it comes to the playoffs, and then they're just gonna. We'll see what they do against the Dolphins. So, yeah, I'm, I, I have Gabriel Davis on my wall of shame. Uh, offensive line, I gave an honorable mention to uh, for for the reasons I said earlier. Just free rushers. Just if Josh Allen isn't as good as he is, there's like five sacks a game easily each week. Like if you put Mac Jones behind that same offensive line with free rushers, like there's just. It's it's just a different game. He is so good. And maybe that's why I should move my fire emoji rating up from three and a half to five. So, yeah. So uh, that was the wall of fame and wall of shame segment. Mike, did I give you your uh, wall of shame? Is yours Gabriel Davis too? Yes. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> Offensive line, wide receivers, everyone besides Stefan Diggs. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, one thing about like Diggs is awesome. It, it, when there was like four minutes left, why didn't he, why did he run out of bounds? That's like, so guy. You think that's too nitpicky on me? Uh, I wondered the same thing. Like what? Just... I just like a little. I thought like the coaching is good, and Allen maybe hopefully would remind people like this game situation. Like it's not over at that point, you know. But forty seconds is huge if you keep the clock going. So it's just like. And then on the the special teams play where Singletary pushed the bill and like oh my gosh like that that could really kill you in the playoffs. Wait, what did Singletary do? Or I'm sorry, not Singletary. Uh, Taiwan Jones. Uh, no, the Wait. the Pets uh, special teams player. What's his name? oh oh what, the heads up play? Yeah, I'm sorry, Slater, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slater, Matthew Slater, 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 Slater. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, that was a heads up play by him for sure. Yeah. Um, like little, just little mistakes that. You'd think at this point it would be coached out of you. Is it? I think that if this, I, it's not a bold prediction by any means, but if the Bills lose in the postseason, it's going to be because of, it's going to be because like they're so good that they've been able to beat inferior teams with just as many mistakes as them. The Patriots had three to- turnovers today. The Bills had three turnovers today. And the only difference is that the Bills are so good that Naeem Himes had two kickoff returns for a touchdown. Like somebody finds a way to help the Bills win, even when they make big mistakes like Gabriel Davis dropping one in the end zone. Like, you know, stuff like that. It's just, they're that good. There's, if the Bills lose in the postseason, it's because because they finally come across a team that doesn't make those mistakes, and the Bills continue to make those mistakes, and that's why they lose. It's not going to be because, you know, Josh Allen only throws for 100 yards and forgets who he is. Like, it's going to be, you know, a ridiculous amount of penalties on their side of the ball or, you know, more turnovers than they should or just, like, you know, not getting out of bounds, like you said, Mike, or dropping a snap. From the you know from Josh Allen to the center like stupid stuff like that, that's just gonna drive you nuts as a fan. That's the reason why they're eleven points away. They only lost by eight points, but eleven points away from being sixteen and zero at this point. You know, they're not gonna lose by fourteen points to anyone. They're gonna lose by one score, and they're gonna and it's gonna be because they made too many dumb mistakes. If they lose, that's my prediction. <laughs> If if they lose, they've lost how many points from being undefeated? Eight points. 
So you feel uh, let's let's go into that point. So Mike, you brought this up like thirty five minutes ago, but like your thoughts eight, go <laughs> eight points from our betting slips coming through <laughs> us being retired <laughs> from being undefeated in the. Yeah. John, we forgot to tell you for Christmas we got you a betting slip with the Bills going undefeated, but we're just gonna throw it out now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Next year they'll go undefeated. <laughs> Uh, maybe not. I looked at their schedule today. It look... <laughs> it's a tough schedule. But then again, we yeah, thought that this know, is the year to do it. This was yeah. <laughs> so oh, I th- I think you make a good point in the sense of like uh, even the success today. It seems like maybe fluke isn't the right word, but some of the success is not repeatable consistently. I guess with the returns for touchdown and the long pass. Like you'd almost feel better if they were long, sustained drives with players winning in matchups. You're know, like, oh, they can play with any. Like this is completely re- re- repeatable, and they can do this against anybody. Whereas, like that that touchdown to Brown, right? It was like third and ten. And like if they don't get, if that's three inches farther, the Pats are back in the game. Like, like that's what it took for them to win. Um, and like you said, against a good team, makes me a little nervous. It makes me nervous for any team that the Bills have to play in the playoffs that has a really good defensive line because I feel like that those are the teams that the Bills struggle against the most. I think of the Jets when I think of this. Like Josh Allen had like 140 yards passing a few weeks ago, and before that he only had like 160 yards passing or something like that in like week four or five or six or whatever. Um, the Bills' offensive line is not good enough against – teams have really good defensive lines i mean the patriots have a good defensive line you know for all intents and purposes they were like third in the league in sacks they have matthew judon they have a good they have a good defensive line and you know the bills struggled you know to to protect josh allen um so those are the teams that scare me the most i don't think the dolphins are necessarily that team that scares me uh but i mean those are the types of teams and i don't even know if the bills will play that type of team uh in the playoffs necessarily, but uh, we'll talk about that at a later time. But I mean, guess so. So give me a scale of like one to five. How confident are you going into the postseason? They're playing the Dolphins next week. We're not, at least at this point of the recording, John, we're not really sure exactly uh, who they're playing or what time they're playing, what day they're playing when we're recording this. But uh, I mean, scale of one to five, how confident are you in the Buffalo Bills just headed into the into the postseason five being the most confident obviously one being the least confident um john i'll start with you how how confident are you in in this bills team from what you've seen 17 <laughs> 17 nice <laughs> like i mean so yeah yes very confident <laughs> is this is do you feel that confident does it have anything to do with what you saw today or is it just because with josh allen there's always a chance I think it's just a, a combination of everything, right? Like the Bills, I mean, they went thirteen and three this year. That's that's really good. They've, they, I mean, that ties outside of nineteen sixty four when they went twelve and two. That ties their best in franchise history, um, which they've done multiple times. That's really good. It, it, I, I don't know. Obviously, they're scary teams: Cincinnati, Kansas City, you know, Philadelphia, San Francisco. But I, I'm really confident the bills can beat anybody and 
you know, if they have to be both the Bengals and the Chiefs to do it, then sure. I mean, they, they, they'll get the Bengals at home and the Chiefs at a neutral site. That helps, right? Yeah, there's no way that they're going to play any game since they clinched the second seed. There's no way they can play any game that's not at somebody else's stadium. Right. At, at an opposing team's home stadium, I should say. Right. I should clarify. It'll be a neutral stadium if they play in Kansas City. But if Kansas City loses at any time in the playoffs then the Bills play that other, whoever the other team is in the AFC Championship game in Orchard Park. Yeah. Right. I like I like what you said, uh, John, specifically having to do with that because of Josh Allen, because the Bills have beaten all of the best teams in the AFC besides the Bengals. I mean, they beat, they beat everyone else that's in the playoffs. Yes, they beat the Dolphins. They beat the Chiefs. Um, they didn't beat the Bengals, I mentioned. They didn't beat the Jaguars, but they beat the Ravens. And who's the other one I'm missing? The Chargers, they didn't play. So so they beat every team that, that's in the playoffs that they played, they beat. Now, the Dolphins did beat them once, but that was kind of a fluke situation where they lost, like, seven starters before and during the game. <laughs> like, there was, it was in Miami in 120-degree weather on the sidelines. Like, that was just an insane game altogether. Josh Allen, we talk about having to make so many mistakes to lose a game. Josh Allen bobbled a snap and, you know, they couldn't kick a field goal, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, hopefully they got that out of their system. Um, John feels 17 out of 5, confident going plus, into the postseason. Sorry, go ahead. Plus, plus like, sorry, like they're on a seven-game winning streak too, right? Like you talk about being hot in December. and this, Like Miami lost like five or six games in a row before squeaking in against the Jets. So they're hot right now. Um, and they're relatively healthy. There's nobody on the injury report. I mean, obviously they got a couple guys in IR, but everybody else is healthy. I think those two things are, uh, play a factor as well. Yeah, great points. Great points going in healthy. That's good, whereas we don't know for sure, 100%, uh, if Tua's going to play next week, he will, but we don't know 100% for sure he will, um, if he'll play or not. So, uh, Mike, how about you? How, how do you feel? How confident do you feel uh, in the Buffalo Bills going in the postseason? One to five. It's uh, a really hard question. I'm not sure. Um, week to week and game to game, I'm super confident. But I think that's total bias and, and heart. Like if you actually think about it, it's such a short amount of time that you're playing and so many random events happen. Like the Bills and Dolphins, the last time they played, they only won by three points, <laughs> right, in Buffalo? Yeah. Uh, well, I think something that you also have to take into account, I was just thinking you're mentioning it, is the Bills are the best team in the best division in football, like, too. So, like, that's no small feat either. I mean, they're not squeaking in, like, the Bucks or whatever with an 8-9 record or a 9-8 record. Like, they're winning their division, and it is the best division in football, it feels like, um, because at least, you know, two teams are going to get in there, and a third and fourth team almost got in. I don't think the Jets could have gotten in today, but the Patriots were almost... You know, and, 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 and that's another thing that, you know, we have to but take into playing a team. You're saying like, oh, it's such a strong division, but we're playing the team that's in the division. Well, they're still not as good as Buffalo, but like it's a really good team by any standards. I mean, if any other but team had to play them. that's a tough matchup if, if Tua plays against like, I think, Waddle and Hill, if depending on Hill's ankle. But Bills without Von Miller to pressure Tua. And then just the secondary being so depleted, I think that's a, a potentially bad matchup for the Bills, don't you? Yes. <laughs> no, like I don't Mike think it's Hyde, Hamlet. Like, I mean, I'm just trying to th- put in, putting on a uh, 
a, a I think the Bills win. I hope they win. Re- yeah, I just I'm looking back at, at at the scores from those games and like, wow, those were that that second Bills Dolphins game was a lot closer than I remember it being. Well, let's see. Hold on, let me go back to my notes real quick. Uh, yeah, that game was really Bills were up twenty one thirteen, and then they were up twenty one nineteen, and then they were up twenty. And they were down twenty-one to twenty-six. <laughs> Hill and then they were, then they tied at twenty-nine, twenty-nine. The two-point conversion. <laughs> yeah, that was a really close one. It was really, really close. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm used to the Dolphins being like not good. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a certain cognitive bias. They were like, oh, the Dolphins suck, and maybe they've really uh, turned it around a little. And like I think. Our initial initial reaction is just like, oh, this is a foregone conclusion. Like birthright this season is to go to the AFC Championship game. And then when you actually look at it, you're like, eh, nothing's guaranteed. So like, I, let's just enjoy it. <laughs> Leading up to it, like it's good to be in the playoffs, I guess. So you're definitely not a five out of five <laughs> for confidence, from what I'm gathering. I think you're more of like a, you're like, if average is three, then you're like three and a half. Like you're like, I'm not, I'm not. um not confident, but I'm not overly confident. I'm not John. I'm not 17 out of five, but I'm at a place where, like, I could see the Bills losing because the Dol- Dolphins have given them trouble. Um, they lost the first game by two points, and then they won the last one on a game-winning field goal um, at the end of the game um, on a defensive pass interference call uh, against Isaiah McKenzie, which is one of the best plays that he's had all season. <laughs> so, yeah, I think. You know, teams with obviously good quarterbacks and good passing weapons have been a problem for the Buffalo Bills too. But especially we thought that that was going to be, that was definitely going to be in favor of the Buffalo Bills because it was a cold day that day. Uh, you know, it was going to snow. We were like, oh, the, the, the Dolphins aren't going to be ready for this. But eh, they showed up. So would you say you're like three and a half? Yes. I want to say I'm like between you and John. I'm like four. I'm on like four because I'm I'm pretty confident. Like John said, seven in a row. Um, the Bills keep finding ways to win, um, but at the same time, um, I think that the mistakes have the ability to catch up with them. And the injuries, luckily, besides the obvious ones, like they're all pro safety and defensive end and the defense. Uh, I'm hoping that every week that happens, you know, Trey White gets more and more healthy, and that you know you can't have. Waddle or Hill have a Devontae Parker-like game um, because they will absolutely chew you up and spit you out um, compared to what the Mac Jones and Devontae Parker connection did today, uh, which was also you know pretty pretty rough. Two touchdowns, 79 yards. Um, each of those guys could easily go off for 100 yards. So, and dude, you just know like injuries. You just never know. Like Helen could get hurt. Like, do we have confidence in Keenum? I don't know. Um, but it's like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Hurts, feel like guys are getting injured constantly. They're like we need this, we need a lot of luck and to stay healthy through the the rest of the run. I think. I, I don't and think Tua. You know, like Grace. I don't think you guys are really bringing me down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's end it on that one. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> you just. It's it's funny. Ask me if you had asked me like right after the game, I'm like, oh yeah, Super Bowl winning. <laughs> but when you actually sit back and like analyze, it, you're like, huh. 
<laughs> they could actually lose in the playoffs. Yeah. It's possible. To, yeah, like I'm saying, I think, okay, we don't have to worry till the AFC Championship game. <laughs> huh, maybe that's <laughs> not the case. Well, yeah, it's any given Sunday, but, like, what's your confidence level based on, like, you know, they play the game 100 times. How many times are the Bills going to win? 90? Mm. I would say between... 70? I was high 60s to mid-80s, I guess. Well, I mean, they've played two, and they split, and their win, like, I'd feel a lot better if their win was by 30. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This game's in Buffalo, like the second one. They're not going to play in 120 degree sideline. Don't you think, this sounds weird. I think the weather, though, is not the advantage that we think it is, because it, it... if we think Allen is a difference maker and one of the best but, players, but I'm not saying it's an advantage, but they're not being disadvantaged by the weather this time, like they were the first game, the sun and the heat, right? But now, if you played in Miami, like Allen could potentially ball out. Whereas, sure. I, I don't know. We we've talked a lot about that with like, oh, should we get a dome? You know, if you have an amazing quarterback, you might lean in that direction. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It won't happen, but yes, absolutely, they should have a dome. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Peyton Manning, like you said, didn't mind having a dome for all those years. Yeah. He's probably like had a 90% winning percentage in a dome. And then every other thing, it was like nothing, <laughs> like 50, 50, <laughs> just, just, he was, he was an average quarterback when not playing in a dome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point about the weather. I didn't think about that because if it comes down to a game where they have to run the ball and the bills have to stop Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson jr. Or whatever, um, yeah, we're get, the Bills are going to be tested, for sure. That is, I think, I think I go in a four. I think I, I'm still confident in the Bills. Um, the Bills have been to the playoffs a lot more recently than the Dolphins have. Uh, the Dolphins kind of squeak their way in. I don't think they go in super confident. I think they're just happy to be there. And traveling up to Buffalo again is going to be. I, I just feel, I feel confident about the Buffalo Bills going into the postseason for all the things that John mentioned, and uh, and I think this it just feels like a different season. Um, than normal and obviously I'd feel better if Von Miller and Micah Hyde were out there of course but we got Trey White back and I think that like I don't know I don't want to give too much credence but to it but maybe the DeMar Hamlin thing like maybe this is something that just like every if you think that motivation isn't important in team sports like you're just not like you if you can't see the momentum shifts in game because of a pick six or a kickoff return or whatever like you're just missing anything like this there are just certain things that just make players play like just a little bit harder or whatever and that's all it takes it's a game of inches the ball isn't round it can go any way and to me i think that the demar hamlin thing like literally might be that small little oomph of like Hollywood sort of storyline that puts them over the edge and leads this team to the promised land more than any other season, more than any other adversity they've ever faced as a franchise. Like that is a story that just keeps coming up in my head over and over again. It's like, man, like they could literally do this for DeMar and have this sense of purpose, not just to win it all, but just to do it for DeMar. It just, it feels like almost like fate to me. And that's what keeps sticking out in my head that this is, you know, a team on a mission. And that's the last hurdle or the last little bit of, of, of a push of motivation that they need to drive them to go further than they've ever gone before. <laughs> so <laughs> did I convince either of you? Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. All right. 
just Nate spewing some BS again, just like normal. <laughs> oh man, um, I'm going to read. I put this up oh, on. Wait, you think there's fate? <laughs> <laughs> this simulation. Yeah, you're this you're sim- confusing fate with rigged. <laughs> Did you see that? I, I agree with the motivation aspect for sure. Like, you can come play out, play, uh, and be motivated. This but simulation fate might be a little strong. Fate might be strong. Dude, you, you're a bag of meat, man. That sometimes gets horny. That's what you are. <laughs> it's sometimes. <laughs> yeah, horny when you less just talk about less. that bag of meat. <laughs> less and less, yeah. Less and less. <laughs> I'm getting horny less and less after the age of 22. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm just hoping that this simulation means that the Bills are going to win this week <laughs> or this season, that this is the one. <laughs> uh, in, some, in some universe, the Bills have, like, never lost a game. <laughs> and John, John's, like, his bet on every game, and he's, he's like, Biff Tan, and who just, like, owns everything. <laughs> <laughs> that That... <laughs> <laughs> that I'm in the wrong universe. You're the wrong. <laughs> that John from that universe is going to show up in the back of John's car in this universe <laughs> at age sixty. Hey, John, <laughs> I got something. Hey, man, what you doing? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like it feels like a team on a mission. Of course, they could lose next week, and none of it means anything. And I'm just like, then I have to justify why you know. Uh, things don't happen, but, uh, yeah. So let's see. Okay. I, so I put it up on Twitter on a scale of one to five, five being very confident. How confident are you in the bills going into the playoffs? Basically, like I asked Mike, John, uh, by the way, Mike, you, John, you were saying that the, the game is rigged. I did have, I did see chiefs fans saying that the, the, I'd never thought I'd see this in my entire lifetime that. The NFL has rigged it so that the Bills can win the Super Bowl or something, or make it to the Super Bowl. I'm like, I nobody wants the Bills in the Super Bowl besides besides Bills fans. Like, I, I think that's it. The, the the only thing they'll do is rig it so the Bills get there only so they can lose. So they game. can lose again, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, but you know what? I'm okay for the Bills to, for the for the NFL to finally rig one in our direction. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. Let's let's do it, man. I'm all for it. I'll take one one rigged NFL or Super Bowl in my lifetime, and I'm completely fine with that. Let's see. On Twitter, I put this, so there were some really good answers. Uh, Buffalo's Best Cigar Club wrote, uh, people saying four and five here are crazy. 2.25, he says. Bills have given up an average of 17.87 points per game this season. That number will go much higher during the playoffs. With the offense still playing catch-up, and or starting slow, there's some serious concerns. They will have problems in round two or beyond. That's an interesting point. Buffalo's best cigar club. So this is it. 2023 Super Bowl champs writes, based on recent performance, three and a half. Okay, so he's feeling pretty confident. Based on narrative and destiny, he writes 27. So he's buying into the destiny, the narrative, the fate, this simulation being the one, <laughs> the one where we finally get it. Uh, We'll have to do that someday, someday, Mike, to go into what simulations are again. 
or why we're living in a simulation because I had not heard simulation theory till you brought it up. But if you want, you can Google it. We don't really have time in this episode. Jesse VI716 writes, three and f- three to five. I would feel five plus if Tua was not playing next week, and I'll feel three to four if Tua is playing. I'm a little nervous anyway. I can't lie. Still remaining hopeful. Dave White writes, the D looked very sh- really shaky with a lot of wide open plays today, but they make big plays when needed, and Allen is elite, so I go with a four. So, John and Mike, if you guys hear any of these, or uh, I forgot to share my screen with you. Um, if you guys see any of these or hear any of these that you agree with, feel free to, to shout out. This is funny. RVA Buffalo guy writes, honestly, I'm probably a four going into next week. Assuming we, we win, I then will drop down to a two. So he feels good for the first first game, but not the second game at all. John, didn't you say it's very likely unless the Bengals lose that we play the Bengals in round two? The way the seeding works out? That... Yes. Yeah, so if the Bills and Bengals win next week, the Bills will play the Bengals, while the Chiefs will play the winner of Jags-Chargers. If the Bills and Ravens win, the Chiefs would play the Ravens, while the Bills would play the winner of Jags-Chargers. Okay. Devin Timmons writes two. We Man, sh- I'd love to play anybody with Cincinnati <laughs> in round two. Yeah. We got to hope that somehow someone takes care of the Bengals for us. <laughs> uh, Devin Timmons writes two. We should handle the Dolphins, but Cincy is going to light us up, to your points. I uh, have to hope we outscore them. Lovato writes three and a half. The D looks suspect, and the O-line is average. Charlie Brown is a Bills fan, writes a four. For everyone saying how bad the team looks, they keep finding ways to win. They aren't blowing teams up, but that rarely happens in the NFL. Would like to see more running game and run defense still needs work. Big R writes three objectively, but five because anything is possible. Big R was also the one in the in the Twitter space earlier that said, uh, I love, he said this a few times. He said, uh, all things are possible through Josh Allen. Is that the right line? Whatever it's supposed to be, instead of Jesus, it's all things are possible through Josh Allen. I love it. Charles Cancilla writes, four, the only team that that can beat the Bills is the Bills. End of story. We have so much momentum. We're playing for more than a Lombardi. We're playing for number three. Ah, oh, man. That would almost give me goosebumps if I still felt feelings. That was a good one. Will Talley, the third, writes, five, I really do feel that the neutral site will play into our favor, for sure, if we get there. Jeremy Greg. Gregoretti, Jeremy Gregoretti writes three and a half. I will, I totally would feel more confident if the O line wasn't as bad as it is. The defense has been a bit of a worry lately. However, I think they'll adjust that issue. If we play better next week and win, my confidence will be a lot better. Chris doesn't make sense. Wouldn't it be no matter what, your confidence has to go down week to week because it's more elite teams remaining, don't you think? But I think, are are you more confident that they'll win the Super Bowl or that they'll win? Next week, just by de- like the the bills are kind of are what they are. Like unless you could say Hyde comes back in time for one game versus not not another, right? Mm-hmm. So like the competition is only going to get harder. Yeah. So the, there's probably it's unlikely that the Bills beat the Dolphins worse than they beat the Patriots, right? By that logic, because the Dolphins are a better team. So you will not be more confident after that. I, I just think your confidence should go down every week mm. in terms of beating That's your a good opponent. point. That's a good point. You're playing better teams, teams that have already won. 
I'd feel more confident if the Bills won this game and in the second round they played a team that lost in the first round. I would feel much more confident that way. But that's not the way it works. Chris Holbert writes, two, the coach, the O-line, the lack of weapons, the injuries, the mentally spent. Did we see inj- Oh, he must be talking about the injuries that happened a few weeks ago. In that order, mon- mentally spent. I'd say the Bills are mentally in a great place. Mike Bredo writes, five versus anyone, not KC or Cincinnati. Four against those two, just because the team with the clean game will probably win. Yep. DSG writes, I'm going to go with four because Allen takes this shit to another level come playoff time. <laughs> I like it. Stu McAllister writes, three and a half. They have slow starts. I think they'll be fine against the Dolphins, though. Robbie, Robbie, this is John's burner account. Robbie says 12, very confident. That's John's burner account. And then we have John's John's other burner account for when he's pessimistic. Michelle Valente says, probably like a two, I'm scared. <laughs> I like people saying that. You know, it's 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 something to be like I'm scared of the Bills making the Super Bowl. Is is that a weird thing to say? Like I definitely think they can and I want them to, but I'm scared of them making the Super Bowl because I've lived through and watched them lose four of them in a row. Like that's that was that sucked. I remember to this day that sucking happening and I haven't felt that bad since then <laughs> about the Bills losing Super Bowls. So, um the only thing okay, that's I'm scared too. <laughs> Are you a little scared? Okay, good. Thank you, John. Mike leaving me out to dry, but John, thank you for coming to me for that, helping my insecurities. Um, <laughs> Abd, bde, abde, abd, adb underscore bda writes uh, three. Still too many mistakes. Offensive play calling still needs work. Gabe Davis drops. Secondary looks like they can be picked on. Dude, if Gabe Davis turns his postseason around. Like the Bills, Bills are unstoppable. Frank Detanktamonius <laughs> writes three and a half, but something off with the passing game. I don't know if it's the pass plays Dorsey designs and or always forcing Josh to conform to a game plan rather than let Josh do his own thing. That's an interesting point. I'm a five. Terry, Terry writes, T-E-R-R-I. Terry writes, I'm a five, have to be. We are absolutely capable, and the talent is here right now. Let's bring it together and win the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I like that. That is a line from Major League. Uh, we actually, so just a quick plug for our T Public site. We uh, made a few Demar Hamlin shirts. Uh, they are at our T Public site on the link in the show notes. So just go to the uh, show notes of this podcast wherever you're reading them or watching them or on whatever app, and then just click on the link. It'll take you there. They're the ones at the top, and we're giving all proceeds uh, to the Demar Hamlin uh, Chasing M's Foundation. So we've already raised over a hundred dollars. So thank you guys all for doing that. We're doing a giveaway. So check out our Twitter account for the giveaway. Uh, of the t-shirt that we're doing as well so stung one seven writes five should have been first seed and not see Bengals or kc until the afc championship now we might have to beat them both we have the fish to squish at home again to give us even more confidence heading there so uh mike we talked about this a few weeks ago john and i but in my head like the dream scenario where if you win the super bowl like these are the teams you go through you beat the dolphins which hopefully we do this next week and then you play the Bengals, and then you play the chiefs you beat all the best teams in the afc and then in the nfc you beat i was hoping the bucks just because i want to retire brady with a loss like that that's my dream scenario 
for the for the Bills if they if they're going to win it. All the teams that they have to beat, I don't care how they get it. To be honest, I don't care if they play the Jaguars and the Chargers and the Dolphins. I could care less. But um, what do you think about that idea? You beat the Dolphins, your division rival. You beat on the way to a Super Bowl. You beat the Bengals, so nobody questions if you're better than them. And then the Chiefs, you beat again on a neutral site, so nobody questions if you're better than them. And then you take out the Box. Although the Eagles would obviously be a great game to win too. But what do you think about that? Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's probably what they're going to have to do. Good. You think this? I think I don't think Brady's retiring. You think he's done? He's, he's probably going to be on another team next year. What do you think? Saints? I don't know. Maybe. Patriots? <laughs> oh, uh, they would absolutely take him back, too, by the way. Uh, <clears throat> especially if Josh McDaniels gets fired. Has Josh McDaniels got fired yet? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Bill's bearded villain writes five. Always confident. Defense might be frustrating to watch at times. The offensive play calling might leave me scratching my head. But in the end, always confident the boys will find a way to win. Go Bills. <laughs> Tube socks and flip-flops, right? Five, dot, 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 hundred. <laughs> nice. Nice psych out on that one. Tube socks and flip-flops. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read a couple more, and we'll call it a day. Uh, go Bill, or Bo Gills. <laughs> Bo Gills, writes Three, the secondary looked extremely shaky, and Dorsey is giving me pause. All day they dared us to run, and over and over Dorsey passed when we should run. Ran when we should pass. There's definitely things to be cleaned up, but like Josh said, at this point, it's time to just win. Exactly. At this point, who cares? There's no stylistic points. The Bills still definitely, I'm almost positive they're the best uh, point differential in the NFL still. Let's, let me take a look at that. I guess the 49ers just overtook the Bills. They're at plus 173, and the Bills are plus 169. But the Bills also didn't play a game, so that could have done it. So, yeah, second best. So the Bills are one of the best teams in the NFL, for sure, for a lot of different reasons. Um, yeah, we're talking about like potential scary teams for us. Those same teams were a scary team for them. Mm-hmm. For sure. B, I'm going to end it on this one. B. Somatic writes, compared to the last 30 years, a five. Would like to see run game with more attempts and more Cook, more Shakir too, for sure. But we get a great shot to bring it home. Only concerned with Cincinnati, but would be at home. Yeah, I like on this one. I think I'm going to end on this one, as opposed to someone saying how terrible <laughs> or two or whatever. Let's let's leave it. Let's leave it on a positive note. So, uh, I mean, this is going to be really interesting conversation the entire week leading up to it. John, we still don't have a a time yet for the Buffalo Bills Dolphins game, right? No, not yet. As the time of we're ending recording this. Um, <clears throat> This episode, as I mentioned at the top of the show, was brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Uh, man, we got to check out there. I heard uh, we haven't been there. I haven't been there in a, maybe only a month. It's only been a month. I love it there. It's such a cool place. Um, not only the the DraftKings Sportsbook there at Delago, which is which is a really cool team. Always got to make a couple of bets while I'm there. But like they have a really cool craps area. They have like an automated craps machine, which I've never seen in my entire life. I'm a big craps fan. And I heard that they built a steak and shake out in Waterloo, which like I just joked around with my wife, like, let's make a day date of this. The kids are, you know, we take a day off. Kids are at school. We'll go to steak and shake for lunch. And then we'll, uh, we'll, uh, go over to Delago to, to play some bets or, or have, you know, we'll do something there. So, uh, 
Obviously, uh, lots to talk about this next week with the Bills versus the Dolphins. The third time these teams have played each other this season, and every single game's been tight and close. I'm hoping this game is a complete runaway. So any final thoughts, anything that I didn't bring up or that you would have liked to have brought up at all? John, I'll start with you. No, I think you got it. Mike, any final thoughts that uh, that you wanted to bring up? Just check the odds uh, for the Bills Dolphins game, and the Bills are favored by nine. And Vegas usually knows what they're talking about, right? So that's got to make us. I have to change my confidence. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm at a five. I'm five. feeling real good. <laughs> Mike was at a three and a half. That, He's now at a nine and a half. Do you think that's. Do you think they're assuming two is playing or not playing? Who? I don't know. We need to lay a lot of money on this game right now because I, I, for 100% sure, Tua will play. And if they're betting this line and that Tua won't play, that, that line's going to shift like six points, right? It's got to. I don't know about six. Feels like it should. Of course, we lay a lot of money on like the Bills not covering, and then Tua doesn't play, and the Bills blow them out by 24 points. That'll be dumb. Uh, a lot of bets going to be made. This is going to be an exciting, day, uh, exciting week for betting. For sure. More so than most weeks. So, uh, cool. Well, um, I'm, I wanted to mention this. I forgot to do this last week. I apologize. But we haven't been doing any giveaways recently. We haven't done any, any at all this entire season, really. Um, but I want to bring those back. Um, we have a list of like 200 people or something that have left reviews for us through Apple Podcasts. And um, I want to give anyone a chance to win. Uh, we're going to be doing T Public giveaways from now to the end of the season. The last game of the season, which hopefully isn't next week, uh, we'll give away a hoodie from our T Public site. So again, check out our site at the in the show notes and the link there. But um, our T Public site um, has like, geez, we're probably at 150 Bills designs or something like that, including the Demar Hamlin ones. Um, you'll be able to pick whatever shirt you want, any size, color, design, whatever. Um, Make sure you leave us a five-star review and just mention CTW or CTW pod anywhere in there or circling the wagons. We obviously can spell, so you can say the whole name. Um, So uh, mention your Twitter handle as your username or something so that I can double check it by when you email me or message me or whatever. Um, So do it that way and we'll do a giveaway next week. Mike and John, don't let me forget to do the giveaway next week. Uh, We haven't done that in a while and I want to give away some stuff to our listeners. Um, especially this. So, so again, leave us a five-star review and uh, and we'll probably do two or three winners actually next week um, and go from there. So make sure you're listening. Are John and I eligible? Um, no. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I guess if you leave a review, well, whatever. <laughs> leave a review. All of a sudden, like JB GoBills is leaving a review for uh, John's. John's Twitter account is going to be saying... Uh, uh, Mike and John, great co-hosts for the Circling the Wagons podcast. The regular host uh, sometimes uh, stumbles over his words. Sometimes can't get a coherent thought across. John would mention me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd probably just mention himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so we'll probably do. Uh, let's do three winners next week. Do three winners. Um, we are. If you've are, you're probably already in the queue. If you've ever left us a review, so uh, don't worry about that. But if you haven't left us a review before, please do so on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is one of the most, you know, the biggest uh, f- platforms for doing it. So you can create an iTunes account. So you don't necessarily have to listen to podcasts on iTunes, but you just need to create an iTunes account. Leave us a, a review there. So um, do I have to have an Apple device? No, you don't. 
You do not need one. <laughs> do you have one? No, I do not. No, you do not. Well, you, all you need is a, a PC, a laptop, whatever. Create an iTunes account at uh, apple.itunes.com or whatever it is, and uh, go to podcasts and then just leave a review. So you're Mike CTW. <laughs> Five-star review. There, there you go. Um, so on that note, we will talk to you guys after uh, the Bills-Dolphins game. So signing off for John. I love you guys. Squish the fish. For Mike. Very exciting time of year, playoff football. I look forward to talking to you next week. Go Bills. And for me, Nate, uh, go Bills. I love you guys too. Uh, pray for Damar Hamlin, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Hey, hey. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.